welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Welcome to the 21st episode of the Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today I had uh, a question from my dear friend, Vincent, about something that has become the best thing since sliced, sliced, sliced bread in the West. Uh, when it comes to uh, spiritual communities, new age communities, even magical communities, any kind of spirit seeker community out there has embraced this practice and is raving about for the past several years. And that is, what is that, Vincent? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, so I, I hadn't really heard of it until maybe a year, 18 months ago. And then I started to see it coming up a lot. And then when you said that you were a practitioner of shamanic rituals, including ayahuasca, I said, let's talk about that on one of these episodes. It's not quite hypnosis, but I'm quite sure you'll draw a line very clearly back to um, uh, hypnotic, the hypnotic world. Um, but I'm just curious, what is it about? Where did it start? I know it's, it's taking a, of a, a potion of, of sorts, um, presumably plants. Um, but I don't know much more, so I'm probably not going to say any more because <laughs> I know nothing. So what is it and where does it come from and what is it about? Well, you were, you were right to say that I'm going to draw a line to the hypnotic world because a line should be drawn to the hypnotic world because this is all, you're saying it's not hypnosis, but I would say, I don't, I don't think so. I don't agree with that statement. This is hypnosis actually of the highest levels okay why because these plant medicines what they do very successfully is put us into deep trances i mean much deeper than the average person uh could achieve even with the proper guidance guidance i think okay because because it it just it takes you it takes you into sides of yourself you don't regularly come in contact with. Mm. You know what I mean? This isn't like, okay, I am communicating to my subconscious uh, what kind of life I want or what kind of change I want in my life. And uh, in that, you know, I'm using my affirmations, I'm doing all this stuff properly and this stuff is communicated to my subconscious. And so, we are cooking with gas, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, you can do all that kind of stuff. But this kind of plant medicine goes way, way deeper. But let's start from the beginning. Right? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is a brew okay. that uh, has been manufactured, you, you could say, in the Amazon, both Peru and Brazil. And... Uh, it is it's a, very, a very strange first fact about this, this medicine is that it, it is made off of two different components, two different plants. Okay. 
uh, ayahuasca, which is a vine, and the chacruna, which is a leaf, a certain kind of leaf, right, with DMT properties. <clears throat> so the funny part about this fact is that those two plants do not grow near each other, right? They, you know, the Amazon is like this vast mm -hmm. landscape. And uh, they grow in very, very different kind of places. So the shamans of the Amazon, I guess, deemed that it would be beneficial for the rest of the, the people, the rest of the planet that didn't have access to this medicine to start having access to the medicine because they would see that the planet needs very specific, special insights that these people wouldn't otherwise get. Okay. And so they started training Westerners into, um, I guess, running ritual ceremonies of that sort. And uh, they unleashed them into the West. Okay. And how long before that had it been, had it been used? Hundreds of years, is it? I'd say thousands. Thousands, yeah. okay. And what, what's the explanation, given the fact that these two plants are so uh, different and so far apart? You know, how does someone end up bringing them together in the well, way? I, yeah, we brought in a family of shamans and uh, the male part of, of this family. And I, I asked him about this because uh, I was very curious, of course. And he said to me, it was the gods that showed us how to do it. Well, look, I am—I don't know what the gods are, right? Mm -hmm. What he—what he's referring to, the spirits. That, I mean, I mean, who knows? But, but the—I cannot deny that there was some help. For, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some outsider, I guess you—you you might say, help into this endeavor because it sounds too, way too improbable, right? If you look at it uh, through <clears throat> the standards of um, the rational, uh, uh, conscious mind, logical mm. perspective, this would be ne next to impossible for this to happen. And especially we're talking about the Amazon, right? With like billions of different kinds of plants, right? Mm. Uh, you. <laughs> You go into the jungle, and it's there's no way. Why? How? Why? This isn't like people were like shamans were like, well, you know, let's see if we can create some kind of medicine by cooking up plants, and mm. let's see, let's cook this one, and let's cook that one. You know what I mean? That would take about you know four billion years for anyone to come mm. to the conclusion that this concoction can actually provide spiritual insights and and and, uh, and and are the is are the, the the two plants um are they let's say and again this comes from a place of ignorance are they hallucinogenic let's say in their own right uh chakruna is a dmt yeah okay and again the the, the term hallucinogenic yeah is something that you know, a more scientific-driven mind would uh, uh, would use uh, because I wouldn't. I don't call any of these practices illusions, yeah, hallucinations, because that's really what that's what a hallucination is—an illusion. Okay. So, you know, if you take the the ma uh, magic uh, mushrooms or uh, ayahuasca or you know or pure DMT or any of that kind of substance you get in touch with something that is deep inside of you it's part of you mm. uh, to call something a hallucin uh, hallucinogenic is to say that what you're experiencing is bullshit okay all right it's it's and that's not because if that were the case then we'd be talking about like a party drug here mm, mm. yeah i get i get it so so in terms of um in terms of 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 this it's 
presumably it's prepared and in in its own way um and probably following a very specific recipe to you know prepare it is it something that is kind of cooked up in a few hours or is it something that has to be prepared for years or, or, or what before it's actually potent enough or, you know how does, how, does, how does all that work well my friend um, who, who does that with the whole tribe sure. uh, they they go in and of course they gather all the plants then they have these huge pots mm. and they put in the appropriate amounts mm. and they cook it's like making a soup right it's like making a vegetable sure. soup Right. So they, they cook that stuff and they cook it for hours and hours and hours. And then they keep cooking it by distilling whatever, you know, like it's like sludgy and stuff. Then they distill that to put it in new pots and they keep cooking for about, you know, a few, it could be a few weeks. It's not just the cooking part. It's the fact that they actually pray. Okay. Uh, while they cook it, you know? Right. Okay. So, so it's, so yeah. it's not a it, so it's a long process to get to this uh, stage, and ultimately, what do you end up with after um, after this particular process ritual has been completed? Is it you know a very small amount of highly concentrated? Um, no, it's like a tea. Tea, okay. Yeah, it's it's like a more uh, depending on who's <laughs> manufacturing it. I guess it's in some instances it's more it's thicker and in some instances is thinner. Okay. But it's still it's a, it's a drinkable concoction. Mm. It's a concoction. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of moving from that into the actual ritual itself and and I'm again I'm assuming is it there is just one ritual of this or are there different levels or um you know that's that's uh, what, what do you mean what do you mean well like is it is it a case that there is a single ritual that people um go through they take it they're given it in a particular way and and that's the same regardless of whenever they do it it's, it's exactly the same process is used or is it that newbies are given this approach and then after you've built up a certain level of uh, experience with it and all that then you can up the dosage and it's a different kind of ritual is, is there that i i don't know i'm just well no it's it's if you usually in and i'm i'm, I'm only speaking of the experiences i've had because mm. like i said people take this and distribute it in whatever i'm sure there's many ways of actually doing that sort of thing but um ultimately if someone is participating for the first time mm. uh, you don't this this is not like a this is not like a one okay you drink this and see tomorrow type thing mm. <laughs> it, it's a it's a gradual process where you have a cup and then in about an hour depending um, you get the second one maybe you get to get a third one so it's like a, a an accumul a cumulative effect of those cups and what is happening within the process. And uh, that's how this goes. I mean, certain it's up to the practitioner, I suppose, to decide whether or not they want to take that third cup, you know, okay. or, you know, whatever the case is. Um, but depending on how you feel, I guess you, you go for more or you don't. And is it a, is, is when someone goes into, um, this ritual is it a one-to-one -one or is it a one-to-many kind of situation like how, how is it set up yeah it's usually a circle of okay several people okay i would say ideally between uh 10 and 30 people i mean depending on what the space is usually they and if that happens during summertime i suppose uh, they're outside ceremonies Okay, so you know, yeah, what it, it, it all depends on the space, but it's never less than five, you know. And in terms of the preparation for it, is, is, it, a, is it a case that someone can, you know, decide to do it, show up, take part in the ritual, and they're straight into it? Or is there, you know, a process? Is there a pre preparation that they have to do? 
Um, yeah. yeah, there's a preparation and it has to do with, of course, uh, I would say within the week, they suggest that you don't eat any meat. Okay. Uh, or any heavy, you know, heavy foods. You don't drink alcohol and you don't practice any kind of uh, sexual, sexual related <laughs> things. Okay. But there's nothing then in terms of, do you have to come to the, to the, to it with an open mind? Or are you coming looking for, let's say looking for answers and you need to know what those questions are? Like, yeah, you have, you have to, you definitely have to have a, an intention. Okay. Okay. Because then, you, yeah. So, okay. So then once the actual ritual, um, kicks off and you receive your first one and then as you said an hour later or thereabouts you might have a second one and then a third so how long does the does that part of it last and is it once you've received let's say the third cup that essentially you're then not left to to sort of get on with it but that essentially you don't take any more and then you're allowed just be in the particular space that you're in. Um, do people fall asleep? Do they, you know, what, what, what's the impact? Well, it's not recommended that you fall asleep, but okay. people do, of course, because the, depending on the, you know, who's taking this and what the process is, I'm sure you know that there's the, the so-called purge. That yes. have, you know, people say, people say, Oh, you throw up, but don't say this. <laughs> mm. You know, or get sick. That's that's not that's not a, a good way of talking about it because in the shamanic community, you're not getting sick; you're getting well. Mm. Uh, because the purge involves uh, the the systems getting rid of what it doesn't need. And of course, that happens on a physical level first. In other words, I've, me, myself included, I have several friends who have gotten rid of uh, ailments, physical ailments, uh, just by participating in these circles. Okay. Um, and th that's... I have a theory about that. As we're getting deeper into this sort of thing, we can start talking about um, what this really is about and uh, what it isn't. The idea here is that, <clears throat> and the, I guess the, the most accepted shamanic version of who we are and why we are the way we are. See, we talked about limiting beliefs, right? This is how I'm bringing it back to uh, the hypnotic realm. Uh, what is a limiting belief? It's a limiting belief is a program. What kind of program is it? It's an emotional program. It's a program that has uh, an emotional character because it deals with our emotional worlds, yeah. our subconscious mind. So uh, a limiting belief that is a program and is expressed in an emotional way has what kind of implications in the body chemical so so then it's it's easy to understand that any kind of emotion that has produced a limiting belief any kind of program like that has its its own chemical imprint somewhere within the physical body okay and in in that same way it has created what we call emotional blocks and those emotional blocks have a very physical it's not just to see people like oh these are just emotions <laughs> you know because people think of emotions as like this is the ethereal thing that you know it's just it's not anywhere, you know, it's, it's out there. But no, be that as it may, these emotions, to, in order to feel them, in order to experience them with this body, they 
have to have a chemical imprint, a chemical character. And this is what happens. So, for example, every time you get angry, which I never do, as you know. Mm. No, I'm just passionate. Every time you get angry, every time you get fearful. I mean, this is scientifically a fact. Right? Fear produces this kind of, um, as they say, even, even in the process of slaughtering an animal in order for it to be consumed, right, by, as meat, as a meat product, uh, they say that this process of slaughtering the animal is very harmful in the way that when the animal actually knows what's about to happen, starts feeling, it says freaking out, starts being very scared, very fearful. And that kind of fear secretes all kinds of chemicals mm. that are extremely harmful to ourselves <laughs> as we consume them. Which would make sense, right? It's like, it's like if you injected an animal with like, uh, I don't know, um, strychnine or you know, any kind of poison and then, you know, ate that thing and have a steak, you would expect that anyone in, in the logical mind would know that they would actually ingest that. Sure. And I'm assuming this is one of your reasons of being a, a vegetarian or vegan. Is it vegetarian? Or vegetarian? I'm based, yeah. Yeah. So uh, then going back, taking it back to the human being and the medicine, the medicine, what it does, I don't know how it does this, but I know that it does this like very intimately. It just goes in there and scans your entire body and finds those little assholes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> trapped energy, trapped chemistry, whatever you want to put it, and grab, drags them all the way into either your stomach or your colon, you know, because that is another way of purging. Yeah. So, and that's how it gets, it gets rid of them. Now, that is the process that in the shamanic world is called, it's called getting well. And people immediately even after the very first experience they've had they feel distinctly different mm. they feel lighter they feel but of course the process let's just uh, say that the process of getting there is what i call the hero's journey every time because in many respects it isn't a pleasant one. Mm. In most cases. And and is it a case that the um there is a there's a sequence to what is what is happening or what is supposed to happen during the ritual? Is is sort of phase one it it, it induces the purging and then phase two something else and phase three something else? Is that how it goes? Like is is that what the practitioner is looking to um if you want to call it direct the um the person who's engaged in um in helping them work through this process is is, is that clearly stated that kind so of this isn't this isn't that uh orchestrated but sure. you will see there is like this there is a period of i mean depending on who's what kind of um practice you're engaging into like the Santo Daimi um, like a, a tradition that comes from the Brazilian uh, territory uh, which is what our friend Avi uh, was trained into has a lot of singing a lot of dancing because that's their way of moving energy mm. and it also helps you get into a trance doesn't it oh the the trance is there <laughs> to begin with yeah, yeah, the trance is there to begin with, but yeah, I mean that kind of stuff. You know, the dancing, of course, indu you know helps with that kind of stuff. It also helps with the movement of the energies because there's this uh, part within the night, generally speaking, 
where the person, especially a person who's relatively new, but not to say that it doesn't happen to all of us from time to time, but there is this a very, uh, how should I say, uh, nagging uh, sense of nausea. And uh, this is the trailer, <laughs> I would say, what's about to happen, right? So when, depending on, this is a very interesting fact, by the way, this, because people, when people say, oh, I throw, you throw up, Right? That's, that's not at all accurate, actually. This isn't just inappropriate to, to say, but it's actually inaccurate. Because I have seen people sticking their entire, <laughs> you know, arm down the throat, trying to induce the purging, and it doesn't happen. Uh -huh. Because the medicine will not release unless the medicine is ready to. And that, to me, if that's not a magical component, I don't know what is. Mm. Like you can't make yourself because, and, and you know, I've been there, <laughs> you know what I mean, many a time, uh, where you're praying because you know, I mean, think of it, think of it, like being in that kind of setup, in that kind of mindset, for even if it's like thirty minutes, thirty minutes feels like, you know, five hours. Mm. And in that kind of way, because I mean, think about it. Most of the time, we are introduced in the Western world or anywhere, I guess. When you're sick uh, and you, you're nauseous, the being nauseous to throwing up is like a very small window, right? You don't stay mm -hmm. nauseous forever. Mm -hmm. So we're not, we are not used to the idea where you can stay in that state of nauseousness perpetually right you know and and i don't know if you've ever found yourself in that kind of setup but you know it is it is absolutely it's really uncomfortable <laughs> just put it this way what, what kind of comes up for me it sounds like the kind of thing where you get to a point where you would say i think i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you know, ayahuasca is the, the I guess, uh, translation of the word is the vine of death. Because in one way or another, you do get to die. Right. Be because who you used to be before that dies. Mm. Now, of course, for many people, many people think, oh, you know, I'm, I'll, I have it on my bucket list. I'll do, I'll do anything once. Mm. But that's, I think, I believe this is a misconception because this isn't, any kind of serious path is not a one and done kind of thing. Mm. Right? Not to say that if you don't do, if you, you can have once and not ever again, and you will still get the benefits. Mm. But don't, don't, you know, like David I talks about, you know, the fact that he did ayahuasca once in Peru. Uh, and uh, a dragon spoke to him in feminine voice or whatever and told him maybe CD. And, and that was just enlightenment in and of itself. I, I don't like this kind of testaments when it comes, when it comes to these particular medicines because they're inaccurate and they mislead people. Mm. I see that, of course, everyone and their mama are blogging and vlogging about, you know, because of course, you know, anybody, anybody that I've come across that wants to join in a ceremony and the first thing they're like, oh, you know, I read the, the blogs and I watched all the videos. I'm like, oh, no, you know, why did you do that for? And they found this luxury resort. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I mean, that creates all kinds of misconceptions. Why? Because once again, we talked yesterday, was it the uh, last week or was it, I think it was a, super, a superhero uh, podcast that we talked about the fact that 
your enlightenment cannot be delivered from me to you, from anyone to anyone. Mm. This isn't something that anyone grants you. This is something that you yourself have to look for if it is that that you're looking for. Sure. Because it, the nature of the uniqueness of the human being doesn't allow for that kind of replication. So, so you can, in, in the same sense, you know, you can't, it, it's like if I ask you, you know, you, I say, well, hey, what, what did you experience when you meditated today? <laughs> oh, you know, I experienced this, that, and the other thing. I'm taking notes now, and, and I go back, and I do my own meditation. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I didn't experience any of those things. Yeah, I must yeah. be doing it wrong. Mm. <laughs> right? So ayahuasca is not a medicine that works in the same fashion for every single person. Okay. It works with the individual with the individual's intentions, with the individual's needs, and with the individual's um, capacity of understanding and getting the lessons that they need to get at that particular time within their journey. So nobody can come and say, oh, you know, I, I grandma, you know how many people say, grandmother told me, because, you know, that's why <laughs> the, the ayahuasca uh, is also called the grandmother medicine. Mm. But, uh, peyote is called the grandfather medicine. Ayahuasca has this kind of like, you know, it's like the grandmother medicine because, you know, in some sense, I guess you could say it acts like your grandmother where she just grab you by the ear and just kick your ass, you know, do what you're, you know, if you're doing what you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, uh, but at the same time, there's a very nurturing, very loving um sense throughout the whole experience it's like the you know like your best friend holding your hair on or i guess in my case holding my hair because you wouldn't need anyone to hold your hair <laughs> if you needed to throw up. <laughs> oh. uh, so so, <laughs> so um if you if you if, if you put aside the idea that that they um they wanted to introduce it into the western world i mean within within the culture of um the tribes that uh used this and used it for thousands of years i mean what was the context was it something that you did every week was it something you did every month was it only on special occasions like was it a coming out or not a coming out but a um what am i said a a coming of age kind of process like how was it used by the tribes well i guess that depends on the tribe but i would say this is a definitely um a repetitious cycle it would happen at least once a month okay you know like a new moon or full moon whatever the case is and uh or maybe even you know more frequent i don't know i guess it, like i said it depends on the tribe that deals with that sort of thing, but it had to do with uh, inducing visions, with getting stronger, with getting your physical and your uh, spirit body being stronger, more vibrant, more uh, insightful, um, healthy, of course. And with with the introduction then um, into the Western world, I mean, what? What is the expectation or what's the recommendation around um, people trying it, using it? Um, what, what, what did the tribes want? What did the shamans want uh, when they brought this about? In what, in what sense? Well, in the sense that when they revealed it and when they started to make it more readily available by training people to... Um, to, to have these rituals with Western people was their purpose to, to, to have Westerners use it as frequently as, as they would have in the tribes or was it to just try it or was it to, you know, what, what was the motivation behind it? Other than the fact that the idea that they 
thought that we all needed some kind of help with uh, with seeing what we needed to do to save the planet and uh, and civilization and all that sort of stuff. So how, how did they intend it to be used? I don't know, but okay. I, I know that I guess ideally this would be a journey, a path mm. for people, not just a, like I said, a one and done. Oh, this was a great experience. Mm. Yeah, I am. In, I saw Jesus. Yeah. My, my next one, I'm going to do a bungee jump and I take right. it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because, and I'd like to put a parenthesis what you said about saving the planet. I, I don't agree with that statement because the planet doesn't, doesn't need to be saved. It is ourselves mm. that we're saving, right? The planet. After we're gone, the planet will cleanse itself, you know, purge, have some medicine mm. and do whatever the planet needs to do but will be gone. Mm. So that's, that's the bottom line here. I, th- I think this is, this is a reframing that needs to happen in most people's minds because this isn't like, you know, because when you talk about, and I, I've experienced that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, save the planet, you know, they have this yeah. green, green peeps, you know, that's, we ought to save the planet. And, you know, of course you have the other, the other people on the other side, you know, of the equation of that, F the planet, I don't give a shit. Because the right connection is not being made. The right reframing is not being made as to what the connection is between the planet and ourselves, right? Mm. So it's, it's about, this isn't about, oh, that oh, poor planet, you know, we gotta save you, you know. It's like it was if, if you were a lost puppy. No, it's about, it's about finding our connection back to the planet because if not, we are out of here. Mm. The planet is going to be just fine. Mm. You know what I mean? It has gone through a lot of shit and it will cleanse itself and rejuvenate. But we won't be here. That's the the more important part. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead. So in terms of um, uh, the ritual and how you would use it and how the people that you work with use it. Um, I mean, what, what's the regime, what's the process and, um, and what are people finding uh, and bearing in mind that each individual's experience is unique, but you know, what are people finding um, that this brings out in them? What kind of changes it bring? I'd say generally, Generally speaking, uh, it, it would be um, it would be fair to say it would be accurate to say that most people experience some kind of forgiveness. You know, I would dare to say that the people that actually are drawn to this in the first place have their own deeper issues to resolve, mm. including myself. Uh, and that, of course, I don't, I mean it, you know, in a, as a compliment, because these are the people that actually get to be more engaged with their spiritual work. Because we've talked about this before, right? If you don't have any problems, if you're cruising, right? If you're like chilling with your homies and, you know, got a Lamborghini, your daddy gave you whatever, you don't have a reason. Yeah. To step into this kind of situation, right? Mm. You step into this kind of setup, this kind of trials, this kind of journeys, only if you need to address stuff that is severely holding you back, you know, stuff that you would deem is a handicap in your life. Mm. So you're, you're, you're looking for healing persistent and you're looking for some kind of answers i get that yeah you're looking for healing this is and this is i guess this is an umbrella statement that i would use uh for this kind of process healing okay and that healing involves of course a lot of different components there's physical healing or spiritual healing emotional healing of course you know trauma Trauma-based healing. Mm. Um, there's been abused people, abused as children, 
uh, you know, abuse of spouses, abuse, you know, whatever, whatever sure. uh, that, that get to go through this process, understand, reframe, because the medicine actually help you in a very hypnotic, masterful way to reframe situations. So is that, when you say forgiveness, is it that the person gets to a place where they, it's almost like, let's say someone who's been abused in whatever way, um, that they get to a place where they forgive themselves and let it go? Because invariably the damage in these situations is that even though the abuser did it, the big damage is done because people take on the responsibility for why the abuser did it. So is it, is it forgiveness in the sense that the, the person is able to just let go and they're stopped blaming themselves and um, it, it no longer becomes the toxic burden that it has been for them all along? Yes, of okay. course. Okay. Uh, th- that is definitely something that most people, a lot of people experience but it's also the forgiveness of the person who was the perpetrator okay in many cases because that forgiveness is in the lack of forgiveness when it comes to that mm. is also imprinted within our psyche yes well that's the the the, the old one about what's the expression if you Oh, it's the one about revenge, but I suppose the opposite side of it is um, if you want to seek revenge against someone, you better dig two graves. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, this kind of thing is like if you, let's say, a lot of of people actually deal with these kind of things with um, deceased parents. Yeah. I've seen people have amazing breakthroughs. Because, of course, if you forgive your parents, uh, this isn't about, you know, the person themselves physically to forgive. This isn't about that. When you forgive that person that is deceased, now you're dealing directly yeah. with something that is spiritual uh, in some kind of a, of a connection with between you and that person spiritually and also, of course, emotionally within yourself. So you get to deal with these emotions that created some sort of a handicap, some sort of a program of negative kind of limiting belief within you for years that now you find a new way to look at it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done, I've done on numerous occasions, um, processes the the one that that comes to mind is one called the campfire process where you are sitting and you imagine you're across to to the the person that you have the issue with and you say what you have to say to them and then you imagine yourself being on the other side of the fire saying what they might say back to you and obviously you have no idea what they're saying back to you but what you're giving back is coming from a place of inherent understanding. And by virtue of that, the forgiveness can, can actually come about. That's right. That's very well put, my friend. Although I don't, I don't know why you, of all people, would have uh, this kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> issues. Because you seem to me like the most uh, peaceful, easygoing person in the world. But uh, um, I have my moments. Um, <laughs> um, so we've, we've actually put a lot of time in on this already. Wow. Um, so if, if we were to sort of bring it to, to a close, I mean, I, this has been um, fascinating. Um, I mean, from the kind of transformations and, and I, I'm just curious as to to what kind of things have come up from the kind of transformations that you've witnessed and even that you may have experienced yourself. What kind of things happen for people when they have gone through this? 
and and it doesn't have to be you know an advert for your <laughs> your, <laughs> your latest shamanic weekend away. <laughs> Learn how to one get rid of your limiting beliefs. Uh, yeah. Two, cleanse your body. Yeah. Three, connect with your ancestors. Yeah. Um, reconnect. <laughs> reconnect. <laughs> no pun intended. So yeah. let's just, instead of actually saying that, let's just say, let's just talk about for a little bit what happens. Okay. Because, you know, when you are with the medicine, you start experiencing visions, you start experiencing all kinds of inner filmic sequences, I guess mm. one might say, uh, that are usually directly related to your intention of what it is that brought you to that space. So is it a form of lucid dreaming? You might say that. Okay. So what happens is that people get to step into an arena where anything is possible and communicate and get uh, insights back and, and, you know, do a back and forth. You might ask a question and get an answer. Uh, and of course, what happens in that instance is a very deep, mm. very deep hypnotic trance that is going on. Uh, so deep that you can't, in many cases, distinguish between what is real and what is not. Mm. Because you know, these are the kinds of cases where you see clearly that reality is a construct. Mm. That is a benefit that comes, I think, on top of all the benefits that you might get from uh, participating in a circle like that. The idea that the life that you thought you were living is not the life that you are living. Mm. it's a very different life that you are participating in it's a world that matches a theatrical presentation more than anything that is concretely real and from a mental point of view can is this where the medicine only gives people what they need to know because i would imagine that that's something that may be extremely hard for people to deal with it is. What they thought was real is not real. Absolutely. That, that, you know, I'm not saying, you know, and that's, that's why not everyone leaves with a feather on their hat. You know, mm. you know what I mean? Because you don't, you don't get the, uh, many, in many occasions, you don't get the answers you were hoping for. Mm. You know what I mean? You don't get the answers. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it's like what they say, be careful what you what you ask for, yeah. you might you just might get it. Yeah, you know you are you ask for the truth, and you get truth back, and that truth may be shattering your life as it was in that present moment before mm. beforehand. So you know there are people that leave pissed off. Mm. You know, they're like, yeah, oh, bullshit. It's some bullshit. You, know, you can't tell me. Um, but, you know, down the road, I think, to, to the extent that I, mean, I can't really tell because it's not like I kept in touch with everyone who's, who have ever been around. Sure. <laughs> After like a hundred, over 150, you know, over 150 ceremonies, I, I would say that the vast majority of the people that I met has evaporated into the ether. Now, never to be seen again. But uh, from the people that have kind of stayed around, I would say no one would claim that they weren't harboring illusions and delusions that were clarified, blown out of the water mm. um, through the grandmother medicine. Okay. Uh, you you get what you need. You might not get what you want, <laughs> but yes. you get what you need. Mm. You, you know, as the, the Rolling Stones song say, right? 
you can't always get what you want. Mm. But if you try sometimes, you might get what you need. Well, that's what the grandmother medicine is all about. So, you know, you've got to step into it with, a, with an open mind and then on an open heart and realize that anything is possible. And is it when you do it a second time and a third time, does it, obviously you're more aware of what's happening and what is about to happen. Do you become more engaged, more um, embracing of, of it and what it can do? Is that the experience most people would have when they do it again and again? Yeah, I'd say because, you know, you're not in the dark entirely. Sure. And because the, And this is why I always tell people, do not read the blogs. Do not watch the videos. Mm. Because then you create... The, I've had people... You know what happens? Sometimes you can do... You might do the medicine for the first time. And seemingly nothing happens, right? Mm. Or seemingly... Nothing happens. Something definitely happens. But if, you, if, it's, if you're not seeing like stars and fairies coming down and singing to you, because yeah. that's what the person that did the vlog said that would happen, then you're like, oh, give me my money back. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. people go there for entertainment purposes, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to see the, you know, well, go do whatever. I see the Northern Lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, go do LSD. You know what I mean? You don't have to stick with that kind of thing. Mm. This is about personal healing. And personal healing is the most important thing there is in the world. Because as we have stated many times, if we get to heal ourselves, then we have a healed planet on the other end of it. Mm. The problem is that all of us are carrying loads of garbage and bullshit that stays there and multiplies happily. Uh, the reason why, oh, and people, that's, that brings to another thing, that people are like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> and that we just happen both for a hypnotic experience and uh, a shamanic experience. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. And I'm like, well, okay. If you're not ready now, you'll be less ready next year. Mm. You know why? Because all this stuff, all these programs, all these viruses that run rampant within us, they don't stay there and chill. What they do is they reproduce. They reproduce like bunnies. They will sit there and become as robust as they can because that's what a virus does, right? Mm. Multiply. So they will, the, your limiting beliefs, all these programs that are running your life will not just sit there and chill. As you, when you least expect it, they will try to find what kinds of situations to get you engaged in so that they can uh, justify their purpose. Mm -hmm. Right? Because everything is a, a program is, has a purpose. A virus has a purpose. And that purpose is for it to become as robust as possible and multiply and have very many kids and grandkids. So the more that virus multiplies within you, the worse off you are. So, so yes. So, so in, in then in um, taking ayahuasca on the basis that it's, it's, um, it gives rise to this purging, and as you said earlier, it, it goes and finds these energetic blocks, these emotional blocks that are within the system and then, as it were, flushes them out. I mean, do, do people, having gone through that, do they just not have them anymore or do they start to get insights as to why they're there and as a, as a result, they let them go? Like, What's well, a good question? Depending on... There are, look, there are two kinds of programs. The kinds that we talk about a lot are the ones that uh, we don't know they're there. And when we start talking about the symptoms, oh, if you feel like you have zero motivation, if you feel like 
um, you know, you're, you have zero energy, if you feel like your life amounts to nothing, if you feel disappointed, if you feel this and if you feel that, then you are being run by X amount of programs that are telling you this and that. You can turn those around, you know, and uh, use this kind of practices. You know, this is where affirmations sure. come in and so on and so forth. And you can turn this around. But when it comes to, and yes, when you deal with um, the grandmother medicine, you can get insights about all these things and how to let go of them. Okay. Because, you know, the grandmother doesn't take care of it for you. In most cases, yes, when it comes to stuff that is actually blocking your system in, in physical ways that is harming you, mm. uh, then yes, a lot of those are taken care of. But it's not like, okay, I'm just going to take a nap and grandmother, go do your shit, then I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't happen like that. Unfortunately, which it, it needs a specific engagement from the person who is participating and this is why we end up in in this kind of community with what i call serial ceremoniers okay which they come in there and they find this is how they they define their existence oh look at me i'm very spiritual and we kumbaya together we do the thing and and then uh, I feel so much better, and then I leave. And you know, it's like the people who we talked about that go to a Tony Robbins seminar for ten years in a row. Uh, these are the people that are not looking for solutions. These are the people that are looking for things to uh, make them feel better about themselves, about mm. their circumstances. Right? Yeah. So you can, of course, have both people. Uh, that participate in these kind of ceremonies. Uh, why not? This isn't this isn't something that wouldn't work in that kind of setup. Absolutely, mm -hmm. you can get there. The grandmother medicine can tell you X, Y, Z, and you can be like, "Oh, that was so helpful. Thank you." And then go home and do whatever you've been doing uh, all along. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I mean, you can get an angel come down from the heavens and be like, "Look." I have a message from God. You're an asshole. You need to change this, that, that, and the other thing. Oh, okay. Thank you, angel. And then poof, the angel goes. And then you're like, oh, you're in awe. And then come Monday, it's all forgotten. <laughs> it's not a fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's how it works. Because the, the personal factor is heavily involved in this, as it is in anything. Mm. And this is why it's not even, you know, like um, all, all, all these paths, all these journeys, all these paths that involve personal work, they're not the most uh, sec the sexiest ones. Because mm. people don't want to work for, for anything. You know, well, I don't want to put in the work. <laughs> so. So that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how this is. And uh, okay. the insights are, but the insights are endless. The insights are coming in from left and right. And of course, I would say, uh, personally, after less, a little less than 200 ceremonies now, that medicine is in my DNA. Mm. So I get those insights, whether I'm drinking or not. Right. And... Um the the ceremony itself i mean how long does it last is it having taken the, the the cups of ayahuasca is it then someone then works through the night and then it kind of ends the following the following day is that it? yeah well yeah it's it's a it's an it's an overnight ceremony usually. okay okay uh, and then of course there are other medicines involved that are uh either helping uh that core situation um, as a prelude or is, are kind of like ending. Uh, one of the, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen the, the, what we call the hap, what they call a hape, which is a, a, a pipe, like a, some kind of a pipe where you shoot a, some, a, a blending, a very special tobacco um, ground tobacco that, 
it comes from tobacco and, it, and it's some kind of a bark um, in the Amazon that is used to decalcify the pineal gland. Okay. Shoot it into both nostrils. And that's how you, one of the ways to prepare to step into the ritual. We use, of course, the hape almost on a daily basis, whether or not we're drinking medicine, because it's a very beneficial medicine. And that lasts, you know, a few minutes. You know, it isn't, you know, you get some kind of a rush, some kind of a, uh, and then you, um, I get, you know, people do it in several different ways. I usually blow my nose after the effects are done or other people swallow it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there is, the, oh, there's, there's another medicine. It's called Sananga. Sananga is eye drops, right? you, special eye drops that are supposed to help you with your inner vision. Now, those eye drops are excruciating. You know, you, it's, it's like someone dropped acid in your eyes. It's really, it's not, it's not, I would say, talk about unpleasant mm-hmm. situations that is up there mm-hmm. uh, but again that doesn't last it should only last a few minutes and you know the effects subside and then of course you get to feel some kind of a clearance and of course that happens throughout the ceremony usually the end of those ceremonies involves what we call the combo which is the frog medicine the frog medicine is oof. frog medicine is actually there's a very special the combo frog in the in the Amazon that has uh, for of course the purposes of protection self protection I don't think it's a slime right I don't think it has it for us to scrape it off him and do injections or whatever but uh, I guess that's another thing that was found out that is extremely beneficial. This is, for all intents and purposes, what my friend Davi says, I could tell you easier what combo is not good for than what it is good for. Okay. They, they hold it in very high regard. And that's, I don't know if you've seen um, around any videos or any pictures, they um, get uh, like a, sage stick or whatever and they burn dots onto your skin yeah Yeah. and then that uh, the the gel from the frog they dry that and it's in some kind of a powdery form and then when you um put uh, you you can actually put drops of water in there and reactivate and make it in gel form again and then they scrape this and put this kind of thing on every dot right and and what happens is you are then in the process of dying. I mean, quite literally, you're being poisoned, right? Uh, this is one of the most intense and interesting experiences I've, I've ever had. I mean, I've had combo probably about 30 times now, maybe more, not on every ceremony. And uh, this thing ends up usually with excessive amounts of um, purging. That's why they instruct you to drink a lot of water, like a lot of water. If you can drink like two gallons of water, good. <laughs> because the medicine uses that water to flush out all the toxins from the body. And that's why they call that the, the vaccine. Now you start, if you want to know about, because we can talk about this kind of effects, Right, you start feeling your heart. You can hear your heart beating, and you start. It starts. You start sweating like profusely, and um, you have a feeling of I don't know. It's just like very. You get weaker. You know what I mean? It's like you're getting closer to something is happening now. Your heart is thumping, and. Uh, you you don't know what's going to happen next, right? and and usually then after a little while after a few minutes of this going on, you start getting. Generally speaking, you know some people like I said, then people get the other exit, but um, 
generally speaking, I've had the stomach purge and uh, you feel that intense nausea. And as this becomes more and more intense, it ends with the, you know, the moment of eruption, right? Which is like, I can't, it's like, this is like some kind of a, you know, it's like, if you think of Vesuvius erupting, that's, that's how it feels with all this, like this massive uh, amounts of like water that is all, all kinds of stuff, you know, of course. And it's not at all, you know, stuff you might have eaten. You know, for some reason, I have to say, as a parenthesis, once I had had uh, a glass of wine five days before <laughs> I took the medicine, the grandmother, I asked her medicine, like five days before that. And I purged that wine. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me here? <laughs> like, where the hell did you find that? Like, where was this? Do you know what I mean? It's like this kind of stuff, you know, freaks me out because then it gives you a, a very deep perspective of what the hell happens in our body with whatever bullshit we ingest here and there. You know? Yeah. Fun weekend then. <laughs> so we are, um, gosh, we've, uh, we've, we've gone way, way over. Um, so how, 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 how can we finish? How can we finish this? episode well i don't know yeah we'll do it we'll do something else on it um in the coming weeks to to go a yes. little bit further yeah well there so, you go okay well let's just wrap it up there then i i found that really interesting and certainly filled in a lot of gaps for me um and there's an awful lot more to this than than i would have thought yeah i obviously with ritual rituals and um being as old as they are there's an awful lot more to them than we necessarily understand. But uh, that was really helpful. Thank you, sir. Good. So until next week, let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.